In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Here is another way to read Matthew chapter 1, verse 31, the verse about Peter's mother-in-law in the gospel for today. And in some ways, this reading tends the Greek and the spirit of the text more closely. Listen. And Jesus came to her, and he took possession of her by taking her hand, and he resurrected her, and immediately she came alive in service to him. Everything I said last week and everything I want to say this week can be summed up this way. Be quiet and keep quiet. Jesus wants you to be quiet and Jesus wants you to keep quiet. Now when we hear that, maybe we think that Jesus just wants us to stop talking. And sometimes actually that helps. But Jesus means much more. Jesus knows that our hearts are restless and that our world is loud and reckless and dangerous and evil. So Jesus comes to find us, to calm us and to bless us, and then to use us well. How does he do that? Last week in the gospel we heard how he came to a man possessed by a demon. So Jesus cast out the demon and forgave the man's sins. That is one way that Jesus quiets us. Once Jesus casts out our demons and forgives our sins, there is nothing left to fight about. You don't have to fight with yourself, and you don't have to fight with anybody else, and you certainly don't have to fight with God the Father. There is nothing left to fight about. But still, when we are done here today, we all need to go back out into the world, into a world that is loud and dangerous and reckless and evil, where lots of folks, maybe it's your spouse or your kids or the people that you work with, where lots of folks don't get it. And their constant crankiness and their complaining and their evil interrupts the peace that Jesus has given you here. So what are you going to do? As you know from last week, Jesus does not stop with forgiveness. Forgiveness is the first thing, not the last. Jesus not only wants you to be quiet, Jesus also wants you to keep quiet, even in a noisy world. Jesus wants to tend and nurture and grow the peace and the joy that he gives you here. So Jesus has given you disciplines to keep the peace. You heard a word about that from St. Paul in the epistle appointed for this day, where Paul said, I discipline my body and I subdue my instincts so that I can win the prize. That is exactly what happens here each week. Every week, Jesus meets us here in the liturgy. 
to gather us and calm us and feed us. That is the third commandment, keep the Sabbath. And it is a discipline. When Jesus speaks to us in Scripture and in Bible study, he tells us very clearly what he means when he says, follow me. That is the very first commandment. Don't have any other gods and don't follow anybody else. That is a discipline. When we pray and our prayers remind us of all that God has done for us, that is the second commandment. Use God's name well. Say your prayers. That's a discipline. When we tithe, and with what you give, we are able to create a warm and wonderful place like this to honor God, a place where all of us can come this morning and rest in beauty and quiet while Jesus himself nourishes us with baptism and with Eucharist. It is the seventh commandment. Don't steal. Bring a real 10% back to God. It is a discipline. You see then how this works. Jesus wants us all to be quiet. So Jesus finds us and he gives us his gifts, the gifts that quiet a restless heart. But Jesus also wants to keep us quiet. So he gives us times and places and ways and things to do. Jesus gives us disciplines to keep the peace. These disciplines cling to his gifts. They praise him and his heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. They trust the Holy Trinity. And they use what God has given us. So what could possibly go wrong? Well, lots of things, actually, because we live in a terribly evil world. But a lot less will go wrong if we follow the example of Peter's mother-in-law. In the Gospel for today, there are two big things that happen. One, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then, immediately... Peter's mother-in-law serves Jesus. It is so important in this text to see the cause and the effect. First, Jesus gives the gift. First, Jesus gives the healing. Jesus gives the peace. He heals this poor woman. And then immediately, she keeps the peace that she's been given by serving Jesus. Cause and effect, gift and blessing, and discipline. They all go together. Gift and discipline are two sides to the same coin. What ties them together in this gospel is that little word, immediately. It is a word that is terribly important and terribly popular in St. Mark's gospel. Immediately means there is no distance between the gift that Jesus gives and her response. Jesus gives the gift and immediately Peter's mother-in-law rises in a life in service to Christ. 
That is the perfect Christian life. Gift given, gift received, and gift used well. All of that in the name of Jesus. Things go wrong for us. Things break down only when we lose the immediately. When our memory fades and we no longer recall where we got the good stuff that we got. Things break down whenever there is a gap between Jesus' giving and our discipline. Or let me put it another way, perhaps much more bluntly. Every sin begins with a lack of gratitude. Every sin starts by forgetting the quiet and calm and joy and forgiveness and blessing that Christ has given to us. So what to do? What's the cure for a lack of gratitude? Practicing the disciplines. Practically speaking, what does that mean? Let's face it. You and I are sinful, and some days we just don't feel it. Some days we just don't remember it. Some days we don't recall all that God has done for us. What do we do? We do it anyway. Discipline means we come to church even when we don't feel it. It's the third commandment because Jesus is here to serve us. Discipline means we listen to Scripture even when we don't want to. It is the first commandment. Follow me. Pay attention. I'm talking. Discipline means we pray even when it's desperately hard and our hearts have gone cold. It's the second commandment. Use my name well. It's a discipline. Discipline means we give a real 10%. Even when we feel miserly and selfish. It's the seventh commandment. It's a discipline. And that's how God builds his church. If we keep the disciplines, the Lord sorts out our lives for our good and for his. And if we don't, the gap between his gift and our lives grows as far as east is from west. And then we end up back where we started. Sick and restless, unclean and broken, distracted and chaotic and evil. So here is the bottom line. In just two weeks and in just two texts, Jesus has summed the whole Christian life in two short phrases. Jesus wants you to be quiet and Jesus wants you to keep quiet. By embracing his gifts with discipline, just as Peter's mother-in-law did today, and Jesus came to her, and he took possession of her by grasping her hand, and he resurrected her, and immediately she came alive in service to him. That is the Christian life. Gift given, gift received, gift used, and that is just what Christians do. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.